as long as everyone speaks into their snowballs, okay, we won't have an issue. We won't have to redo it. Love the eye roll, Jen. <laughs> All right. Um, let's, get, let's get going because Cam wants to bang up five podcasts today, so we've got to get moving here. Yeah, ready to go. All right. Wing It Podcast, GooseDigital.com, episode 53. Who do we have? Robin Kroll. Jen Huxley. <laughs> Again. All good. Michael Turksani. Little step stepping on toes there. There was Sorry, an Jen. awkward pause. My fault. It's an awkward pause. Should have been me. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello, Michael. Thank you for joining the podcast today. <clears throat> we do have an upgraded audio. I think this is the first time Jen's using her upgraded audio, so we're excited about that. It's not. Um, oh, it's not the first time. Okay, no problem. Um, we, we want to talk about exciting times in the insurance industry and the digital marketing that we're seeing in the, in the industry. And we, we thought a good place to start would be um, the planning process that's the, the planning processes that we've been going through with our clients. And um, we call it a marketing roadmap, digital marketing roadmap, but it's just sort of being renamed to, you know, a marketing roadmap or a marketing performance plan. Cause at the end of the day, the bulk of uh, what, what's really going on from a marketing perspective is digital anyway. And um, we've been fairly busy in this area, helping uh, brokers as well as carriers establish plans and dive deeper into kind of holistic strategies and um, specific uh, specific strategies, um, individual strategies. So um, yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay. So I'm, I'm wondering if Chris could kick it off with, you know, what are we seeing out there on the front lines? What, what, like, why do you kind of see this surge that we've experienced in the last uh, few months? I think there's a couple of reasons, Mike, why there, why there, there has been a surge. I think no, um, no doubt that because of over the course of the last, you know, I guess nine, 10 months, um, there's been uh, a, a lot of pressure on, uh, you know, brokerages, particularly to attend to their existing customer inquiries. Um, a lot of, a lot of, you know, sort of fatigue around just basically looking after the customer base and looking after them. That maybe a little bit of an eye off of the new business marketing has has kind of taken place. So we're customer service, where we're uh, you know typically you know sort of contributing to that ongoing sort of conversation about new and and uh, uh, you know new opportunities for new policies. It's really been like just trying to keep up with uh, with demand on the on the uh, the customer service side. So that's sort of like after the first six, eight months, it's like, okay, we got to get, start getting, you know, uh, opening up the, the, uh, the conversations again around new business. Uh, how are we going to do that? Uh, what kind of resources can we find? What resources do we have internally? Like, how are we going to sort of, you know, turn that on? Um, and so I think that's a part of it, Mike. Another part of it, I think, is um, there's just such a variety of, um, 
statuses among insurance providers, whether they're brokers or carriers, in terms of what they have in place to sort of drive those conversations. So we know that there are a lot of uh, insurance uh, products that are uh, that are being used, some to you know to limited success or limited degree, and there's certainly that sort of discussion around: Am I getting the most out of these tools that I've got? Can I be you getting mean marketing more tools? Marketing, marketing tools, exactly. Yeah, okay. Marketing tools. What what am I getting out of these tools that I'm spending money on a you know on a monthly or a quarterly basis on? Am I getting am I getting what I should be getting uh, out of them? And mm. and just sort of like that variety of like um, uh, uh, where where there are, are organizations that are just sort of dipping a toe into marketing and those that do have a bunch of tools in place, how to and where to uh, sort of apply, uh, you know, new resources to get more out of them. So I think there's a real range of different, uh, different statuses that insurance providers have out there. Um, and there's no, obviously we've always said, there's no you know, one size fits all, but being able to sort of have a fresh pair of eyes on the operation, the marketing sales and, you know, and operational as a whole and trying to figure out exactly what would be the, the next stage in driving new conversations around new policies. One of the other things that we're hearing is that, you know, we've been thinking about this for a little while, right? So maybe it's, it's something even pre-COVID they were thinking about. And maybe initially they thought, oh, there's, you know, these one or two projects or campaigns. And then suddenly it's gotten to the point, well, there's more than one or two. Maybe there's a bigger initiative, maybe technology comes into place. And suddenly it's just too much for us to do this ad hoc. We need to have a plan. We need to have a framework. We need to figure out how to actually wrap something around this so that we can go ahead with, you know, this, this cohesive push uh, and, and be smarter about it. And that smarter part is, you know, it, it involves having some help uh, being able to put everything together. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think, and, and with, you know, COVID, I think also has played a bit of a role and maybe in terms of, we've, we've all seen the, you know, the digital transformation um, cause of COVID for a lot of these organizations. But I think, you know, that is pretty, pretty real in this industry where email addresses, you know, aren't necessarily where they need to be in a process to communicate with customers digitally, you know, hasn't really been flushed out to a sustainable level um, and, a, and, a, and a more professional level that you might see in, in, in industries outside, outside of insurance where you're, you're, you're keeping up with your lists and you understand deliverability. So I think, I think that that's also been a, a little bit of an impact. Um, before we get into sort of like the process that we're following, like what are the, what are the big things that we're seeing people want to be doing? Maybe like Robin and Jen can talk about the, some of the specifics that, um, are coming up in these in these marketing planning sessions? Well, I think one of them is around uh, sort of a, a, a renewed vision or a slightly different vision of growth. Um, you know, in the past, growth was always equated directly with uh, lead generation, net new business. Uh, one of the things that came out uh, during COVID was the importance of engaging with existing 
customers. So whether they're insured, whether they're, they're brokers, but your existing base um, mm -hmm. and understanding that there's the need to invest in them, A, from a retention perspective, and B, because there's opportunity to drive additional value from those, those, uh, those existing customers. So one of the things that we're seeing is, you know, how do we do that? How do we increase the lifetime value? How do we look for opportunity within a base that we already have a relationship with? And for most of them, we have a way to engage with them. Yeah. Jen? Um, yeah, I think that Robin definitely for sure on that side, I, I, there was a, a study that was put out that at the average um, personal lines client shops every three years, which I actually thought was, was kind of crazy. Um, you know, that's kind of your average person, not, not somebody who's kind of high risk or, or, or always kind of looking to chase a price. Um, so definitely new ways of growth. I think we're seeing a lot of uh, inquiries around expanding reach. So kind of going to what you're saying, Robin, expanding reach within our existing uh, book, but also expanding reach on the communication side of things. So sometimes it's not, well, it's not that easy to, mm. you know, get into your book and make 40 phone calls a week. Um, and on a very manual kind of foot way. So that's another big one is expanding reach on the, on the growth side. Yeah. Um, I'll throw in a couple more. Uh, what, another one is on the, uh, the lead side because there's now an understanding that uh, leads are not as easy as, you know, driving them to your website, having them go through an automated uh, quote and bind engine and suddenly, you know, you've got new business mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. lead lead management, lead nurturing has started to surface to the top as well as being another area of importance and CRM. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, um, understanding that uh, insurance providers need a platform where it's easy for them to track and engage what's going on from both the sales and marketing perspective from their customers. So that's just two other things yeah. that I'm also hearing a lot. So there's a general, you know, I guess maybe you'd say like a general maturing or the types of the types mm -hmm. of planning sessions that we're being brought into now. There, you know, there are ways in there. In some cases, they might still be digital beginners, but they're, you know, they may have already executed once around a plan. They've got some level of KPIs and they're really maturing their outlook. I mean, some of these organizations are, you know, not very big. They're, they're the average broker. Um, maybe slightly bigger than, than the average broker type environment. Some of them are not, are not that big. Like I think Chris, you're into some that are what in the, what, what level of gross written are you seeing? Like mid teens, like, you know, yeah, 14, 14, 14 and gross written, you know, so those organizations are smaller, but they're looking to sort of make an impact and they've pulled a lot of these elements together and are looking to sort of ante up in other cases, they're, they're larger organizations, but a general maturing of, of these programs to your point around, um, not just CRM and the technology, but how they're using it, like lead nurturing. I know there's an upcoming webinar that we're going to do on the, yeah. on the lead nurturing. So that, that kind of leads us into maybe if we could just describe a little bit about what, what is the, the planning process? I know, Robin, you know, we're doing sort of two streams. The standard stream that we've always had in our, in our roster has been kind of the complete, the complete picture of pulling all your digital marketing and, and, and that together. I want you to talk about, about how that one works. We're also seeing some that are more specific. So maybe we can 
talk about that one next and maybe have Jen weigh in a little bit on that as well. But why don't you step through the process? Like when you talk about putting together, you know, a roadmap, a digital marketing roadmap, a marketing roadmap, a performance marketing plan, you know, what, what, what are we talking about here? Sure. So just from the high level process perspective, we've divided it up into four different steps. Um, the first step is we have a half day strategy session with the key stakeholders at the insurance provider. So we've got the sales team, the marketing team in there. Uh, we'll really have the senior leadership. So people have visibility on what's happening in the business right now and the areas for potential growth. We've developed a, a, a questionnaire or assessment that we walk through um, that allows us to make sure that we really cover all the key areas of uh, you know marketing initiatives that are in place or, or sort of are in scope we understand understand more about the, the coverages the policyholders uh, any of the digital tactics or tools that have are in place who have been tried in the past and also understanding the the resources that would be involved in the project uh, you know that discovery session we come away with it with a pretty good understanding of what you know what and how and where the business wants to grow we then go ahead and build out uh, the roadmap in a couple of different points so we we want to make sure we have a clear understanding of what's happening at the business and we like to check back with them and say this is what we understand from what we're really trying to achieve um, it allows us to do this sort of this rolled up, you know, feeding back, checking, uh, you know, checking the boxes saying, yeah, this is really what we're trying to do. We share some insights. The insights are based on what we hear from the, the insurance providers, but also what we understand from the industry and things that we are doing for our existing clients. So we like to share some of those high level uh, insights. And then we go ahead and we build out a, a customized plan. Um, and I know we're gonna talk about that in, in uh, a lot more detail in a couple of moments, but we have a framework for that customized plan, which really aligns with uh, the marketing funnel. It uh, touches on a strategy, it touches on uh, initiatives, uh, campaigns, uh, and metrics. So really all the key things that at the end of this roadmap review, which we go through with the client, they have a really clear plan of uh, you know, the, the types of campaigns, where that would occur in about a 12 to 18 month uh, process, um, and what they can expect from a relationship with Goose. Yeah. Or, or, or really executing that roadmap internally, even. Yes. Internally, for, for exactly. Other agencies, so right? with, with yeah. us or internally. And you're right. Sometimes there might be, there might be pieces of that roadmap to say, you know, we can handle that piece mm -hmm. or we're working with a branding agency. They can handle that piece or we might take it all on our own. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's the, the more parties at the table to, to address, you know, and tackle the plan, the better. Um, I think, you know, Robin, you touched on it. I think one of the things that are unique about our roadmaps, um, just compared to some other ones I've seen in the industry, we really look at it from, you know, the tactics that are best going to suit the plan. So, if Facebook's not a role that's that's going to get us there in the first 90 days, then we might leave Facebook to, to later or um, a specific strategy within Facebook. So we're not really asking, and, and there's there's different sizes of obviously 
brokerages that fit into this model. But if you're a smaller brokerage and you don't really know any of those things, but you've heard some things and should we be doing this, the roadmap is really designed to come out with an actionable plan um, for those best things in the first mm. 12 to 18 months. So it's not high level where you're getting this thing and you don't know what to do. Um, in fact, it's very, very tactic, uh, tactical that like, you know, Michael said, you could, if you had an internal team, they would finally know what to do and what to action. Um, our team, if you were to hire a partner like Goose, it's the same thing with our team. Our team would know exactly what to wire up, what are we building in the platform, um, what, or what are the priority builds in the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a lot more seamless, if you will. Um, coming into the, into the, uh, in life department. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think, point. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Chris. Well, I was just gonna, I was gonna say that there's just, um, you know, not to belabor the point of like all these different, um, you know, we, 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 we find and engage with, uh, with, you know, different sort of cultures of, of, uh, of brokerages. In some cases we've been sitting at, at a virtual table with, like up to like eight or nine people. And the reason for that is that that particular brokerage has that culture where everybody's included, everybody's involved, which is, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it adds, I think, uh, you know, a little bit of a challenge in terms of just sort of keeping, um, you know, keeping things really on track and we're, we're, you know, we're, we're, always wanting to have feedback from all levels of the organization if we can. Um, but, you know, if we are, if we're in one of those situations where we're, we're on the, on the horn with producers and with customer service and with finance and sort of getting the whole picture up on the table, that really helps us to kind of have a, you know, a complete sort of front to back type plan. Sometimes we're in that sort of conversation where, okay, uh, we would like to know how to add marketing to our overall operation because you know there isn't any you know specific marketing right now we've got producers we've got customer service and we need to add that digital marketing piece great so that is you know that's another you know type of scenario in some uh, an organization has a crm they've been working with a crm for a really long time they've got that fully integrated into their operation and it's working extremely well but they're looking to improve some of the metrics how are they going to sort of improve that velocity within the funnel how are they yeah. going to be able to continue to predict what's coming in the way of new business so yeah. that's another sort of complexion so the point is is that you know while um while there are insured techs out there that have specific things that they can provide and they provide good value as individual things the approach that we have is there's all these tools out there okay there's insure tech tools or crm tools or marketing automation tools, all of these things pull together, depending on where that insurance broker is in their journey to deliver better value. And our job is to figure out, okay, so where are you now? Where is it that you want to be? What are the pieces that we need to sort of focus on and zero in on to help sort of get there? So every one of them has their own, you know, it's a a new game each time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that's a good um, segue into kind of how we're doing that. And I think this is, we've been talking more about 
uh, marketing performance. And I think that's kind of where you were going, Chris, in terms of like, there's a number of cases where there's things in place to some degree, and they're now looking at, well, reevaluating kind of them at a high level. So it's, it's become, you know, over the last two years, less about, you know, a net new thing. There's still a lot of that out there, but um, a net new thing to saying like, you know what, we have been doing this doing some stuff, let's say on, on Facebook or on Google or wherever in our email. And now we're kind of taking a step back because we're not sure if it's like actually performing, right? right. Or how, how can we increase it? We don't even know what necessarily the performance really is. And, and that's a data and that's a measurement. And then how could we actually improve the performance? So that's something where we're as a business pivoting our messaging a little bit into marketing performance. And it's, it's sort of a different take and we won't go into like the, all that today. But one of the things that we're, we've introduced to this process more recently, Robin, and I'll let you kick this off, is that we're using kind of a standard digital marketing funnel to map the strategies and the tactics into a, into a broker or an insurance provider. So we're, we're helping raise their kind of overall maturity of how they would look at these, at, at these strategies and put them in, in context of the funnel. So why don't you talk about that and why that is important? Sure. You know, it's interesting when we ask, um, you know, the, the clients, do they, you know, have they seen a marketing funnel before they use, you know, they using that kind of a framework and, and for so many of them that that's actually really new, um, you know, and the idea of the marketing funnel is that it addresses really all uh, levels of marketing that a, a company can be engaging with, like driving brand awareness, something that we call air cover. So, you know, somebody that might not be targeted, what is their first perception of your business and where, on what platforms are they seeing it? Uh, we talk about top of funnel, driving initial interest. So the first time, uh, you know, a brand new lead is going to even see your brand and learn about your products. Then we talk about middle of funnel and that's where that nurturing comes in. So while they might have an idea of lead management or lead nurturing, probably wouldn't put it into the context of, oh, that's in the middle of the funnel. And because mm -hmm. of that, there are specific uh, tactics and ways that you can help increase and nurture uh, that communication. And then the bottom, bottom of the funnel sales. So, so we know that you know, all these uh, insurance providers, yes, they're focused on sales, but what are the different uh, opportunities they can take to make sure that they are engaging with customers and closing on the sales? So what are some of the, 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 the digital tools that they can use? And then the customer marketing, where you're yeah. looking at things like growth, so cross-sell, improving retention rates, uh, doing renewals, uh, you know, anything you're doing to engage with the, the existing customer. So when we go through this digital funnel, you know, we do, we see a lot of those virtual um, heads nodding because this all makes sense, but it's never been used as a, a framework or a process to guide their marketing. And so when we make the recommendations, and Chris, you know, to your point before, these recommendations are going to be very customized because the insurance provider is going to be, they're all going to be at slightly different stages. So all those recommendations, they're going to slot into one of those five stages within the funnel, but they're going to be prioritized or aligned to, to what that particular uh, provider wants to do. And so those, those, you know, it's going to be a series of recommendations uh, with a campaign, uh, specific tactics and channels. And once you put those all together along with a visual so they can actually see, oh, this is how it would actually look. This is what a Facebook 
ad would look like. It starts to resonate and make sense. And that's the difference, Jen, to your point, is talking about something that's just a plan as opposed to putting something to a context that you can visually be able to digest that and say, okay, I can actually understand how this would work. Maybe not the underpinnings in the back, but I know there are people out there who do that, but I can understand how that would work to help grow my business uh, along these particular areas. But I, yeah, I think, I, oh, sorry, Jen. Just no, so, oh, okay. go ahead. <laughs> I, just wanted to, um, I just wanted to add something in before me and this will help like your next piece too, is that I think in addition to, you know, your explanation, Robin, of kind of how, you know, why we're using it. The other key piece is that, you know, we didn't invent the marketing funnel and these, and these, these tactics are really have, uh, these stages of the funnel have, have, you know, tactics and, and objectives for that stage. And, and mm-hmm. as a result have certain measurables for that stage. So, you know, when you're looking at increasing your brand awareness, you know, there's not a line item there necessarily typically that would talk about new sales, right? Like you're looking at things like impressions and views and, you know, getting eyeballs on your brand. So we're able to, we're able to help, uh, you know, the business understand why you need these things. So the, the immediate reaction is put a, put something out there. We want to drive sales right at the bottom of the funnel. And it's like, that's great too. And once you establish, you know, those, those creaming off the top, your keywords, whatever those strategies could be from performance marketing, don't forget about these other things. You know, don't forget about needing to drive brand awareness and what that would look like and having a budget associated with it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I was going to talk about the air, the air cover on the brand awareness. And I, and I think too, um, I see this with a lot of the larger organizations that even though they have marketing backgrounds, they all went to university, they're very well aware of the funnel, um, like a a traditional marketing funnel. It's still really hard to plan. I I find it a gap that we still can't plan campaigns within the funnel. And when you start to look at every single initiative in the funnel, it becomes kind of light bulbs are going off everywhere to really understand, even if it is starting up here with air cover, maybe it's a theme, maybe it's a new theme Mm -hmm, you do mm -hmm. once every year, and there are sales associated with it. You really understand what are the components between creative data, um, deployment how you know what is the drip going to look like all of the even incentives to really piece together a better outcome whereas if you kind of miss pieces in here it's like oh well, wait a minute 30 percent of our data no i think she was saying months, more data. This up, right yeah oh did i cut out we cut out for a little bit <laughs> right. but, we, but we thought we you got what i yeah. meant right? Yeah, we got, yeah, we got you. Okay. <laughs> um, so we've added the funnel. We're, 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 we're mapping tactics. That was the big kind of the, the big component of, of the, of the adjustment to the plan. Um, and I think it's pretty, it, it's pretty obvious that a lot of organizations, regardless of, of who they are, typically will want to move to sort of like, what's, what's the outcome that make is the biggest impact to the business, right? I mean, carriers and, and brands, it's, it's typically more challenging for them to directly link to revenue. Right. But you know, they'll, they'll certainly want to do that. And then, and then the brokers will absolutely want to be finding initiatives and strategies that, that, that move more premium. And that, and that's good. That, that, mm-hmm. that's, that's a hundred percent there, but they, these, these layers, 
you know, they all play a role and you want to make sure that you're maximizing uh, your, your lead generation and your dollars from within. So um, I think that's a, probably a pretty good place to go. If you don't have a marketing roadmap, Chris O'Neill, give, give everyone your email address. <laughs> yeah. Chris sales O'Neill. at goosedigital.com. Yeah. You could go uh, Chris dot O'Neill at goosedigital.com. You could come to our website and start a chat. I'm right on there, ready mm-hmm. to pick up a conversation. Um, you can phone me now. So, so I guess the, the, the point is, is that wherever you are in your uh, marketing uh program, whether you haven't started one, whether you've got some pieces in place and you're, you're looking to sort of, uh, you know, shape up what these next, what these next, uh, you know, six to 12 to 18 months, you know, are for you, uh, want to sort of review what it is that, that you're currently generating from those efforts and want to sort of look at upticking that a little bit. Um, these are all things that, that are potential, outcomes of, uh, of a, uh, a roadmap process with us. Um, and I guess our key thing is all about, you know, where are, where are you and where is it that you want to go? Awesome. Awesome. Thanks everyone. Thanks. Thanks Until everyone. Next time. Till next yeah. time. Peace. Bye.